Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and put Peter Pan in his place. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. We finally got our revenge on that nasty boy who was so rude to us in the first game. Yeah, I'm glad we got to kick this little guy's ass. We've all been waiting for the part of Kingdom Hearts where you get to have a boss fight with Peter Pan. It looks like a really shitty boss fight, too. Yeah, he's a really shitty boy. Yeah. Looks like he mostly flies around really really slow and then stabs you with his little knife, which is kind of disconcerting. I hate his little knife. It feels, it's insulting when he gets you with it. And I think he goes, whoa, no, I can't do it. I can do a duck noise. I can't do a rooster noise. Oh, he does the crowing thing? Yeah, okay. I, I don't know what it is, too, but something about him having just like a little knife that he's stabbing you with feels way more violent than almost anything else going on in Kingdom Hearts. That's true. I do remember uh, when we played, well, when we talked about uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, I do remember being really surprised. <laughs> I know that he has it in the movie, but it is weird to see him, like, stabbing Captain Hook with a little dagger. Yeah, because, like, when you hit someone with a keyblade, like, a little bit of, like, light pops out or whatever. It just doesn't look that violent compared to being... Various cute particle effects depending on which keychain you have equipped. Right, yeah. You're not just getting shivved by a dirty little boy in a green tunic. Yeah, but in this, you know, this is this is a gritty PSP game. Smee is firing cannons at people. Uh, Peter Pan is stabbing people with a little knife. Captain Hook is getting chomped in half by a crocodile. Wendy shows up and says the F word. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff you can do on the PSP because you know nobody has one. No Disney executive will ever see this. They don't even know it exists. <laughs> That's why they have so many shots of Mickey Mouse eating shit. <laughs> we can do whatever we want to this little piece of shit. This is my favorite thing to do, huh? Whoa! Oh, I meant I meant like getting owned, but yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of like that scene in Pinocchio. <laughs> wow, root beer. Huh. And a big piece of poop. This is what we saw the wife. This is what all the food at Disneyland really is. <laughs> yeah they're just <laughs> on the psp they're just spreading salacious rumors about disney <laughs> and no one ever knew about it till now i was created by a nazi <laughs> <laughs> well that's you can't actually sue them for that because that one's just true you know i've never actually really looked into whether that's true i assume it is you know everyone everyone was a nazi back then i don't know if it's fair to say that he's a straight up nazi but i i'm sure he wouldn't hate nazis that bad <laughs> I have no evidence, but I believe it. Yeah, me too. Terra arrives in Neverland, and you know that if he's arriving somewhere, the first thing he's going to do is befriend a villain. <laughs> it's really just that he's unlucky, though, and and like to be fair to him with this one too, he just sees be people being attacked by monsters. Yeah, this is a weird one because Captain Hook says some very manipulative stuff that I don't know why he knew how to do it. Yeah, uh, Captain Hook obviously does know something about the nature of the universe. Um, I don't know if he does yet, though, because that's from when he's met Maleficent, and I don't think Maleficent has figured out how to leave her world yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Tara like saves uh, Smee and Hook, uh, who have a treasure chest, the famous treasure chest that Ventus saw, uh, from some unversed. And 
Did you like when Smee is doing like karate poses in the background? <laughs> I did. I did want to talk a bit about these unversed. Um, oh yeah, sure. What native emotion do you think is represented by a gorilla with a peeled banana for a hat? Monkey. Monkey. Yeah, that is, that's a positive emotion though. I mean, this is what we've said before is like, they, well, if you look at the unverse, they have like emotion themed eyes. Like some of their mm-hmm. eyes look mad, some of their eyes look sad. And then beyond that, sometimes they just look like a monkey or a go kart. Yeah. Just for a little bit of extra theming. Maybe it's how Vanitas is sad that he's not around a monkey. That's <laughs> how it feels sometimes. Yeah. I want to go to the zoo, Ventus. <laughs> we will have time for the zoo later. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Smee is doing karate poses to demonstrate how they didn't need Terra's help. Uh, and I'm convinced. Uh yeah, we, but yeah, he's. We would have cleaved those feeds the biscuit. We would. <laughs> I believe him. I don't think that was a he very was good. The, <laughs> that wasn't a very good smee, but oh well. We would have no. <laughs> it's kind of droopy. Dog. We would have cleaved those guys to the biscuit. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, he says. Uh, uh, I mean, what I was going to say is smee. Uh, we know that he can man the entire ship on his own. Mm-hmm. So I think that he could have cleaved them to the brisket. That's true. He's very capable. <laughs> He's incredibly competent on the PSP when there's no other crew. Uh, Tara asks if they've seen a boy in a mask. Hook says no. And then this is where Hook starts doing some scheming that I feel like doesn't really make sense to me. Because he's like, the monsters were drawn here by the light. That chest was full of light from all over the world. Well, Ter- Which, of course, is a lie. I think he keys into... Because Tara says he was here following the light, I believe. And when he hears Tara... It's Hook says they... Hook says they were drawn here by the light. Which I assume means maybe the glitter of the doubloons or the shooting star that they mentioned. Oh, okay. And then okay, Tara's okay. like, the light? And then Hook is like, ah, yes. Like, like the light, like an element. Yeah, the, the boy in the mask that you mentioned wants to steal it, and Tara's like, <gasps> "Oh no, he doesn't." That's right, I forgot. Hook doesn't say the boy in the mask is trying to steal it. Hook says, "Yeah, there's a boy trying to steal it," and Tara says, "It must be Vanitas." And Hook says, "No, it's Peter Pan." No, much worse. It's Peter Pan. And Tara's like, "Well, I was here to find the boy in the mask, but I guess if some shitty kid named Peter Pan is trying to take it, I will put him in his place." Good call. This Tara's done nothing wrong in this section, as far as I'm concerned. That's true. This is the only time he's been manipulated by a villain into doing something heroic. That's right. I mean, uh, Peter Pan's just stealing money from the pirates, which I guess they stole from someone else, but still. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to cry for Captain Hook getting his treasure stole, but I am going to cry for Peter Pan being rude to Sora. Yeah. It made me cry. So Tara helps escort the treasure to Skull Rock, uh... Smee tells Hook that the shooting star that they saw might actually be a precious gem because the light is still glittering from where it landed and it didn't go away. And Hook says, okay, we're going to go check that out. You, Tara, guard this chest from the nasty boy Peter Pan. Yeah, Tara says, when Peter Pan gets here, I'll be waiting. And then he cocks his shotgun. (laughs) Uh, We skip ahead a little bit and Peter and the famous two lost boys from... The game are here. 
And Peter's like, okay, I'm going to distract them while you get the treasure. And then we do get the sort of start starting the boss fight info box pop up that does say objective put Peter Pan in his place. That's got to be one of the best video game objectives of all time. I mean, it's it's an all time command for gamers for sure. Yeah, that's something the Master Chief would do. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't kill him though. Uh, we know this because this is a prequel, so he does uh, survive, uh, beaten and bloodied and bruised. But uh, once you get his health down enough, Tara stops to ask him why he's trying to steal the light anyway, and Peter says, "What the what?" Yeah, Peter's like, "I just I'm just stealing money." And then we cut to the Lost Boys, who are like halfway out the room. And they're like, mission accomplished, Peter. <laughs> These idiot kids. You damn kids. Tara chases after them and they drop it and they spill all the treasure. And this is why they say, oh, no, sorry. I was going to say this is why they lost in it. But that actually happens in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tara realizes that he's been tricked. He apologizes to Peter, who doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah, Peter does like a good scrap. So, yeah, he doesn't mind. Uh so he tells them that Hook went after a shooting star. Peter says, oh, God, it might be Tinkerbell. I'm going to go save her. Uh, and then uh, there's a big old bunch of unversed jellyfish that surround the treasure and start flinging it every which way. That's how they lost at it. I do like how the first jellyfish comes in and is like, fuck your chest. and just kind of kicks it over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so Tara fights them off. You know how it goes. And yep. then Captain Hook shows up and Tara tells the kids to hide. And this is really good because Hook is, like, so smug. He's like, I've captured the little pixie. And he pulls out the lantern that he's put Tinkerbell in. And Tara just goes, can I see that for a minute? And <laughs> Hook just gives it to him. <laughs> and Tara just opens it and lets Tinkerbell out. Yeah, it, it rules, too, because you don't see Tara take it out. It's just a close-up on, like, Hook's face and then Tinkerbell suddenly in his face slapping him. Yeah, and he goes, what is the meaning of this? And Tara just goes, I didn't really give it that much thought, to be honest. <laughs> I liked Fair Tara enough. a lot throughout pretty much this whole part. Yeah, he, he grows on you, doesn't he? He does. Uh, and then Hook, before he can retaliate, the old crocodile shows up and he runs away, and Tinkerbell sprinkles Tara with gratitude dust. Hooray! I, uh, I don't know why she sprinkles him with dust, because this is the end of the world, so it's not like he's going to be flying around. <laughs> yeah, good point. Does he not, like, learn to fly after this, and that's, like, a mechanic you can do? Uh, maybe he does unlock the glide. You might be right about that. Um, right. He gets a little flashback to when he said that the hearts of the stars are shining down on them like lanterns like Ventus. But we, we still don't know what he means by that, so we're never going to find out what that metaphor was. <laughs> still weird. Why even flash back to it if you're not going to explain what he meant by that? They all think it's so funny, though. Is it literally just that Ventus is nice? I think it's that he's a little light boy that shines like a star. I guess it just means that Ventus is a little light boy. Yeah. It's also very funny that he's a light boy like a star. We're all going to have a laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually, though, they weren't they laughing at Aqua saying that they would make weird brothers? Oh, yeah. The, oh, but that's just clearly funny. Okay. <laughs> that's that's just an incredible joke. Yeah. Uh, the Lost Boys say the treasure's not that important. Tara says, fill it with your own treasures then, the old treasure chest. And then he walks away and he says, what would I put in a treasure chest? And that's the end of Neverland. I like that Tara's good with kids. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes... He's, he's, a, big, he's a big boy, man. 
Yeah, he spent a lot of time with Ventus being a big brother. Makes sense. Yeah, being a big brother to that 10 or 11 or 15 or 17 year old. <laughs> Who could say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little 25 year old boy. How did I get so small? <laughs> Terra flies through space and he feels a warm light and decides to follow it. And he lands on the Destiny Islands and he sees a Paupu fruit in the water. And he says, oh my god, this is this must be the fruit that Aqua modeled our Wayfinders after. I'm going to go check out that tree. It's the first time I uh, ever noticed the Paupu fruit. Paupu fruit. Uh, looks like it's made out of cheese. Yeah, it it looks like a real a real chunky cheddar, huh? Which sounds great. Maybe that's why people like that fruit so much. <laughs> when they had the uh, Paupu fruit Starbucks drink, it was just a latte that they <laughs> blended cheddar cheese into it. Just melted on the top, and you just had to kind of get through Ugh. that film to get to the coffee. Ugh. Horrible. Uh, have we ever talked about the little wooden shack on the Destiny Islands? We haven't. I'm aware of it. It's not. It's not really important right now. It's just that it's so like almost never addressed that it exists at all. Because <laughs> literally, the gameplay purpose of the little wooden shack is that there's a save point in it that you don't find because you would never have any reason to go in there. Uh, and you can like walk through it to get up to the bridge and the little uh, sort of raised island that they all sit on the tree at, you know? Hmm. Uh, this is the only time that any character has ever actually gone into it in the story because I guess they didn't want to show Terra platforming. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, he walks through the little shack, uh, and he, he wonders if he'll ever something, something friends. Uh, we do get a classic Terra line read. Now the light has led me here. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. And then we see some little lads. Oh, well, these good little boys. Even littler than Ventus. This is, ooh, five-year-old Sora and Riku, maybe? Yeah, I, they must be pretty young. I I thought it was remarkable restraint for them not to have something where Tara looks at Sora and goes, he reminds me of somebody. <laughs> I'm actually surprised they didn't do that. That's what I'm saying, um, yeah. I'm, I, I feels like it would have been the I thing feel they like do. they probably did, and I just, maybe I wasn't looking when it happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, uh, they like run past him. They're doing the classic Sora and Riku thing of... Riku winning a race and Sora uh, arguing that it's not fair. We love it. And Terra senses the the light in Riku's heart and wonders if that's what guided him here. Which is interesting because we think of Riku as a as a boy of light and darkness, but he's a he's a little light boy. Yeah, he's, he hasn't gotten brooding yet. <laughs> that's right. He hasn't hit puberty and discovered darkness. He hasn't started listening to Dashboard Confessional and. <laughs> Uh, so Sora, like, waves over at the dock. Some more people are arriving. We don't see who. I really wish we did, but someone, someone else is here. And he runs off and challenges Riku to a race, which I love this part because Riku just won a race against Sora. And now Sora's like, okay, rematch. And Riku's just like, no. That's their dynamic, though. I, they've, they've always been this way. Yeah, I, I love that Sora is, like, running his little heart out, and Riku's just casually strolling. Yeah, it's definitely the older boy hanging out with the younger boy 
stuff. Yeah, very much. Um, and Riku stops to talk to Terra, as anyone would. <laughs> we get in a huge piece of lore, in my opinion. We do. Which is that their friend's dad took them out here on the boat. Yes, Sora's confirmed dad brought them out here on his boat. This brings me to a new crackpot corner that I have, uh-huh. which is just that adults in the distant Destiny Islands like turn invisible when they're over eighteen. <laughs> yeah, in, in Kingdom Hearts One, the the Destiny Islands are actually completely crowded with invisible adults. Yeah, they're they're always there watching their kids. Like Sora's mom's actually in the corner of the room when Sora leaves in the beginning of Kingdom Hearts One. You're like you're having your little duel with Riku and with uh, Titus Waka and Selfie, and what you can't see is that the adults are just like, "Whoa, hey, yeah, yeah, stop swinging that thing around!" No, they're just actually they're just betting money on it. <laughs> yeah, all the adults are like, "Man, now the score is five to twenty-five. God, this kid's killing me." Sora's dad? <laughs> oh, you think Sora's dad is betting against his son? No, he, no. Uh, everyone, he, he told them Sora was definitely going to win this time, and so they're all mad gotcha. at him. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Riku asks Terra if he's from the outside world. Terra, in his classic way, uh, tries to deny it, and by tries to deny it, I mean he basically just goes like, well... Ter- well, you know. Terra's not much of a liar. <laughs> no. Uh, and he kind of sympathizes with Riku's feelings of being stuck in a little world. Uh, and Riku says, you know, I heard that there was a kid who lived here once who actually left for good, but nobody knows how he did it. And Terra, you know, this happened last time. He has another vision. Yeah, this is just a straight up vision. I don't think there's any other way you could take this. He reacts. We literally see him gasp. Yeah. He sees uh, a young guy with silver hair who turns around to face him and becomes Kingdom Hearts 2 Riku, and he gasps. But if you ask Nomura, I guess he would just say, oh, he was just breathing. Yeah. I mean, especially with the way that this game in particular is very Star Wars, it's very like Jedi having premonitions of the future stuff. Yeah, he saw a Force ghost. Saw Force Ghost, he saw... Well, I was thinking more of, like, Anakin seeing Padme dying, stuff like that. Which one is... I don't know if I remember that part. It's kind of what leads him to, like, become evil, because he keeps having dreams that Padme is dying, and so then he's uh, like, I gotta get powerful to keep her from dying, but the sad the sad truth is that's why she dies. Little did he know she was gonna die in childbirth, and it doesn't... <laughs> she lost the will to live! Is that what happened? God damn yeah, it. Yeah, she lost the will to live. The little robot's People going- think that's the best of the prequels. It's so bad. The little robot is sitting there going, Poobah, though, which I do like. <laughs> I don't remember that. I, never mind. I, I it's will, pretty good. I will never ever... Ah, maybe go just watch... Just go watch the scene so you can hear the robot going, Poobah. <laughs> <laughs> and then turn it off before they say she died because she lost the will to live because that sucks. Oh my god. I'll I'll do that later. <laughs> okay. Um so Riku says he wants to become strong like that other kid who left. And Tara says, What do you need the strength for? And he says, To protect the things that matter, like my friends. It's kinda wild that this is where Tara gets this idea, basically. <laughs> yeah. Wisdom from the mouths of babes. Right. 
I think that's a callback to the Kingdom Hearts 1, like, quote-unquote, character creation. Uh, what what do you need strength for, or something like that, to protect the things that matter? I think it's one of the questions they ask you, maybe. Oh, that sounds right. Terra does confide in Riku. He says it's true. There is a big world outside of this one. Uh, and he summons his Keyblade, and he does the bequeathing ceremony with Riku. This is wild. I had no idea this was going to happen. Yes, this is canonically the reason that Riku is a chosen Keyblade wielder. Yeah. I did notice that Terra tells him to keep it a secret because it's a retcon. <laughs> well, he's a good secret keeper. Uh, what does he say? I, oh, yeah, I liked... Uh, oh, shit, I didn't write down his exact bequeathing poem. Because uh, I, di- I did like the wording of it. I liked that Terra made it rhyme, even though it sounded like he was kind of improving a little bit. Uh, part of your training from Ericus is to improv <laughs> freestyle <laughs> freestyle a little bit yeah he says something about like uh no border shall contain you no something something above so long as you always champion the ones you love or something like that and yeah riku grasps the keyblade and sora calls him over and tara says don't fucking tell anyone about this i'll be in so much trouble <laughs> please don't tell my boss i did this yeah, and guess what? Riku, do- Riku doesn't, because Sora wants to know who that guy is, and he says, I'm not telling. I love Sora's little baby voice actor when he's like, I'm like the best secret keeper in the world. Nice try. <laughs> oh, Riku! I could hear Haley Joel Osment might as well have said that in the other games as well. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like, to, to your point, Terra is like, protecting my friends. What a concept. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should try that. Uh, he he gets his upgraded Keyblade Ends of the Earth here, which is the one that uh, the Lingering Will has. Okay. Uh, he won't he won't use it for very long though, because he's about to get an even better one very very soon. He flies back into space and he notices a light in the sky and he wonders if it's Ventus. Uh, this is of course when Ventus got hucked into a portal uh, by Xehanort along with Mickey, who doesn't exist anymore, and. He's going to follow it, but then Xehanort calls to him from the Badlands, and he follows that instead. I was thinking about that today, is, like, are we going to see... Are we ever going to see Mickey get his ass kicked by Vanitas, or, like, is Aqua going to see that, or is that just something that happens entirely off-screen? I truly don't remember. Okay. I, I I think that we only see, like, a severely beat up Mickey lying on the ground from Yen Sid's vision. I don't I don't think we see it happen. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't really make sense if Aqua was there and just left Mickey to die on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know Yeah. I don't know a lot about Aqua. Maybe that that maybe that's in character. That's the that's the trick, is that when you play Ventus first, you're like, oh what what dark road is Terra going down? Oh no, am I should I be worried about him? Aqua seems cool though. Then you play as Aqua and she watches Vanitas killing Mickey Mouse and she's like Good. Yeah, she's the real uh apprentice to Xehanort. <laughs> you you play as her, she leaves the land of departure at the very beginning. The first thing she does is start wiggling her fingers. <gasps> Aqua, no! Uh, so Terra uh, heads to the Badlands, and Xehanort does his classic lies and says, uh, Ventus learned about his origins and headed home with a fury in his eyes. You need to get to the Land of Departure and make sure that he doesn't... I think he basically said a lot of torture in this game. A lot of torture talk, at least. 
Yeah. He basically says that uh, Ventus is going to try to force the truth out of Ericus. I wouldn't be- Why? Why does Terra believe this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, well, that would be incredibly out of character for Ventus, who I've known for years. But Xehanort said it, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he, he flies away and does not even get very far out of earshot before Xehanort starts doing an evil laugh. <laughs> yeah. Xehanort's like, well, the, the, what, the rush of wind around his ears will probably cover this up. <laughs> but this is just how I laugh when I'm having a good time. Master, did you say something? He like turns around. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, Tara. Uh, he arrives at the land of departure. We've, we've seen, uh, a lot of this before. He stops Ericus from attacking Ventus. He overflows with darkness as he resolves to protect his friend. He hucks Ventus through a portal. And now it's time to see what happens after that. Yeah, he, he gets a really cool fighting style called, like, Dark Impulse. And yeah, it's the only command style that he can use for this scene. Uh, yeah, it looks- The finisher's pretty cool. A giant darkness hand, like, reaches out of a portal. Spooky. Yeah, he's doing a lot of, like, grabbing Ericus with a big darkness hand, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, this is a cool fight. It's a, it's a hard fight. It's always fun to have a one-on-one Keyblade battle. Uh, and, you know, you beat Ericus, you immediately regret it, and Terra, I think he starts crying instantly. Uh, and he says, Master, I'm sorry, I just wanted to protect my friend. Uh, Ericus, to his credit, you know, we've, we've talked about how Ericus is kind of an asshole. He at least expresses his shame here, where he's like, the fact that it came to this is a huge failing of mine, and I never, under any circumstances, should have raised my Keyblade against my own pupils. Which is true. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, he says, my own heart is darkness. Which is, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I did make me like Ericus more to be like, okay, at least he knows he, this was basically all his fault. Yeah, and it's it's also interesting because he, obviously we know that Xehanort when he says that he wants to balance out light and darkness, that we should not just take that at face value because his methods are incredibly obviously evil. Uh, but I think this is a bit of an acknowledgement of that mindset from Ericus that maybe there's something to it because yeah, he, he basically says like my, my uh, unflinching commitment to, to light, like sort of made me unable to see what was happening and yes, he says his own heart is darkness. And then he is attacked from behind by Xehanort, and he dies. He he dies in a very different way than I feel like anyone else we've seen die. But then I was thinking about it, and I don't think we've seen like a good like non-nobody die. Yeah, I mean, it's usually like they turn into a big house, or uh, in Sean Yu's case, they just aren't on screen anymore right well and when the nobodies die like they get all glitchy and a bunch of darkness is flying off of them and stuff but he just kind of turns into some light and floats away yeah i think this is the first time we've witnessed a living person be killed slash destroyed yeah at first i thought with the way that it it looked i would i, I thought maybe xehanort had just released his heart but um I don't think that's the case. Yeah, uh, Terra falls to his knees and tries to catch him, but he disintegrates into these little little balls of light that fly away. And, you know, Terra starts crying and Xehanort says, Oh, don't waste your time feeling remorse. He's doing a lot of good finger wiggles here. 
<laughs> well, he's very excited. Yeah, he's really pumped in this scene. I finally killed my best friend. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. <laughs> uh, he tells Tara his progress is impressive, but he's still he's he needs to really truly embrace the darkness. He's still coming up short. So here's a new new lesson for my first official lesson as your master and you as my pupil. Uh, come to the Keyblade Graveyard. Uh, watch your friends meet their end, and the last light, and you will die. Oh, and for good measure, I'm going to blow up your house. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I I thought this was cool because what he I mean it's not cool it's bad. <laughs> Nobody say that I thought this was a good thing that Xehanort did here, but I thought it was cool that it's the exact same way that we saw the Destiny Islands get destroyed. Yes, that's true. It's a big like purple storm of darkness in the sky that's like ripping chunks of the ground out, and they're like getting sucked up into it. Yeah, it looks really rad, and I didn't even think about that. So yeah, yeah, I I don't know what spell this is that they teach you in Keyblade school, but uh, <laughs> I think this might be off book. This might be a Zane or special. You think maybe? Uh, yeah. So the land of departure starts getting torn apart, and I think he literally tells Terra, "You don't need a home anymore," and he just leaves. <laughs> Does that? Uh, so did Xehanort destroy his own home planet then? Um, no, that was handsome. Never mind. Oh, you mean Destiny Islands? Yeah. Well, one could argue that Ansem is, you know, he's he's an iteration of Xehanort. He is. He has different goals. It would it would seem, but yeah, it, it does seem like they're not entirely in sync. But um, yeah, he. Uh, I think I think though it's fair to say that yes, he did destroy his own childhood home. Okay. Um, uh, he's a, he's a mean man. Yeah, he's very mean. So uh, Tara looks at his wayfinder and he leaves to protect his friends like that child told him he should. <laughs> I'm glad he met that child. Yeah, me too. Uh, he gets another new Keyblade. Fuck that last one that you had for one boss battle. <laughs> yeah. He has a new Keyblade called Chaos Ripper. And it's another Keyblade with a creepy blue eye at the tip of the blade. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Uh, Xehanort, report eight. This one was kind of interesting. It was. He's he's doing his classic thing of scoffing at Ericus's love of the light. He he says that uh, balance has been thrown off by the tyranny of light. Yeah. And he says someone needs to tear it down and reorganize the world around the darkness, which then creeps back in. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting. I, I think the interesting thing here, honestly, is it seems like he just kind of didn't know what to do with himself anymore. <laughs> Yeah, he he says that uh, he, at some point in his past, he and Ericus had some kind of disagreement. He left, and he he felt like he was free for the first time uh, since he originally left the Destiny Islands. I thought it was interesting that he he felt kind of aimless, and he basically said that because he was not selected by their master to, like, inherit the role of, like... We'll, we'll learn more eventually about what exactly it means to be sort of the the successor to the Keyblade lineage. We'll get into that eventually. But he basically says, like, because I didn't get picked to be the successor, all I really have to do at this point is, like, find a pupil and become a teacher. Yeah. He's he's kind of aimless. And he I think 
I don't think that he's talking about uh, teaching Ventus. I think this is him saying, it's the only thing I can think to do, so I'm just going to wander aimlessly. Yeah, because he basically is like, you know, usually you take a people under your wing and then you teach them the bullshit I don't believe in, so I don't want to do right. that. Um, right. And then he does talk about how he's getting old, and he doesn't... I, I love the line, uh, because, yeah, he says... Uh, was my time drawing to an end then after all I had accomplished since casting away the place of my birth? Surely waiting for a quiet death would not do, not when there was still so much I needed to see for myself. Powers help me, I thought. My body is so old. I couldn't help but think of that weird billionaire creep that eats 100 pills a day or whatever that <laughs> people were talking about this last week. I didn't hear about that, but that, that does sound like... I, I can see Xehanort eating 100 pills a day. Yeah, apparently that guy also... He doesn't talk about this as much, but apparently he was taking transfusions transfusions of his own son's blood. Um, Jesus Christ. Which is, I think, what Xehanort's kind of wants to do with Ventus. He would love to do that. Yeah. He would love to Theranos that boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I I I like this this sense that he kind of just wandered the world aimlessly for seemingly decades. Mm-hmm. And then by the time he, like, learned what he needed to do, in his opinion, he was like, shit, I need to make Kingdom Hearts, but I'm old as hell. It doesn't seem to really get in his way very often, because he's still the most powerful person we've ever seen, but maybe, yeah, he's just going to die too soon. Yeah, I think I I think it might be in the next report that we'll read later. Uh, it's not it's not that he's like, oh, I I'm a I'm a weak little old man. I think it's more I want to be young and have a long life ahead of me to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Yeah, okay, I I buy that. All right, uh, and by labor I mean my evil machinations. All these children whose lives I'm going to ruin. <laughs> that's right by fruits i mean children's corpses by labor i mean killing children i don't think he actually succeeds with in killing any kids so you know well who who knows what the hell is going on with ventus at the end of the game true he's he's having a bad time true uh so Terra flies to the keyblade graveyard he does the same thing that Ventus did and that Aqua will probably also do, looking at the destruction and saying, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, he summons his cool new Keyblade and he says, everything I do, I do for friendship. I liked that. Uh, I also liked it. I, I think uh, it's cool that he's a parallel to Riku, but not 100%. Yeah. He and Riku are both going on similar journeys of like accepting their own inner darkness and not trying to like push it down and suppress it so much but i feel like whereas riku is very much doing it for himself and his own growth as a person tara is like i know what's important to me and it's protecting my friends no matter what yeah that's only it's kind of only ever been his motivation and now he just knows it for certain yeah, he he his his pivotal moment was when he looked at Stitch playing with a piece of garbage. Did it for me too. Oh, actually no, Stitch didn't have the garbage. That was <laughs> Sorry, that was that was Terra's own wayfinder. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call it a piece of garbage. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aqua. I forgot. I forgot. Uh so he meets Aqua in the Keyblade graveyard and 
I think I had us gloss over this conversation between the two of them last time because we were playing as Ventus and didn't have any context for it. Yeah. But uh, Aqua says, I heard that the master was struck down and Terra says, I, I was stupid and I helped Xehanort do it. He was trying to hurt Ventus. I just wanted to protect my friend. And it was all a setup by Xehanort to awaken my inner darkness. Right. And he, uh, he, he accepts that Ericus was right uh, to send her to keep an eye on him. But he, and now I need to talk again about localization because I hate, I hate, 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 hate what Aqua says here so much. Okay. Did you have any particular feelings before I get into why I think it's so bad? Um, where she just kind of says, what else is darkness but hate and rage? It's the part where she says, and I'll, I'll read exactly what they said okay. here. Tara says, I, I went astray, but no more. And Aqua says, what else is darkness but hate and rage? Xehanort is feeding the dark fires within you, making you fight. You'll go astray again. How does that honor our master's memory, Tara? I think that's kind of fine. To me, it has always sounded like she is just saying, I have no faith in you, Tara. Like, I I can't let you... I can't let you out of my sight now. Like, you're gonna oh, turn evil again, no matter what happens. I kind of took it as, like... Yeah, you still can't use darkness, though. So, in the Japanese, my rough translation was, Terra says, I'm going to set this right. And Aqua says, hate and anger give rise to darkness. You falling to darkness to fight Xehanort is exactly what Xehanort wants. And if you would, if you do that, you're going against the Master's wishes. Oh, that is better. Yeah, I, I in, in the original, it's very much Aqua is saying... Don't let Xehanort get what he wants. This is his plan. He wants you to get angry and try to fight him, so you'll go dark mode again. You know, one thing I hadn't really considered is, why don't they all just leave? They could just leave. There's, they could just leave. There's nothing they're protecting. I guess they want to stop Xehanort from being so evil, but they could just leave. All of them. They really could, and I think I think the fact of the matter is, uh, Japanese Aqua was right. This is exactly what happens, is, like, Terra makes the first move. He just charges straight at Xehanort when he shows up. Yeah, and then they have to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this is the same thing that I had with the Radiant Garden conversation. It, it just feels like, for some reason, they made Aqua's English dialogue feel a lot more aggressive and judgmental, and, like, she has no faith in her friend at all. And that, I don't know. It, it doesn't like ruin the scene but it's always bothered me <laughs> so yeah this version i didn't think was quite as bad as the previous one but the original is much better yeah um but it's fine it's it's not the, it's not the hugest deal but i i it, it even bothered me as a kid it's it's something that's just always kind of rubbed me the wrong way but even before i knew why it was that like that uh but yeah ventus arrives we we remember this part he he wants us to become a keyblade uh, we do know for a fact that uh, Aqua doesn't seem to know what he means. Terra doesn't react in the dialogue, but we do know this time Terra has no idea what that means. Right, yeah, that was wild to me, actually, to think about. Like, Ventus is the only one that <laughs> knew this about. So, yeah, he, and I mean, yeah, I guess he was really, really confused why his master was going to kill Ventus, and it's fair to be mad about that. Yeah, uh, another another thing that I didn't know that Terra didn't know this is his first time seeing Vanitas. He's only heard about him. That's right. Yeah, he's he's been on his trail the whole game, but never actually seen him once. Wild. 
I, I feel like this this needed just a little moment of Xehanort arriving with Vanitas and Terrace like, oh. is that Vanitas over there? Oh, that's a, well, Are you Vanitas? a boy in a boy in a helmet. So, yeah. Who's that boy in the helmet? No, that's Vanitas. Oh, oh, everyone kept saying it was a mask. I was picturing like a Halloween mask. <laughs> I thought like it was maybe like a like a Ronald Reagan or I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't picturing that. I was picturing a was up scream mask from Scary Movie. Wow, that's a huh. Sorry, you just really <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a while. Wow. Well, the reason that that's my poll is because while I have never seen Scary Movie, I did have that mask for a Halloween costume as a kid. Why? I I thought it was funny. I didn't I literally didn't know what it was, but hey, they made it in a kid's size. I was probably like 10. I think I just saw it at a Halloween store and I was like, "This one, this one." Okay. It's funny. It it is it is funny. Nobody ever asked me about it. I never was trick or treating and they were like, do you even know what that's from? Name three things they lampooned. <laughs> yeah, all the all the really, the huge scary movie fans giving out candy. <laughs> it was being my trick or treating candy was being gate kept by all the rude people in the neighborhood who were huge scary movie fans. I never even got to see. I didn't get to see any of those movies till I was an adult, and then they were bad. So <laughs> they were probably bad the whole time. It's true. I've never seen any of them. Yeah, I feel like at this point it would be weird to go back for them. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> My quest to see every movie. Famously, yeah, your quest to see every movie. <sighs> all right, I gotta watch all the movies by those guys now. <laughs> Why am I doing this? It's because you're a cinephile. You just love the movies. <laughs> that's why I started Zero to Zero. Yep. But then I realized I hated movies, and that's why I left. Well, maybe a certain kind of movie, for sure. <laughs> Bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah, Tara charges straight at them. Oh, Xehanor gives his big monologue, we love it. And he says, Keyblade. And Tara charges straight at them because he hates hearing Keyblade. Uh, that's a stupid thing to call it, I'm gonna get you, he says, as he charges into battle. Uh, it's all stuff we've already seen, uh, up to the point where Mickey Mouse arrives. It's so cool to see him. Yeah, we... What? <laughs> Wait, when do we see what? Mickey here? Uh, there's, like, a shot of him. I think we just see, like, his back as oh, he arrives yeah. at the battlefield. The part of Mickey we always get to see his back. Yeah, I mean, that that is a shot so important that we see it for all three characters, even Tara, where Mickey does not appear again. <laughs> it's nice to see something cool before bad stuff starts happening to our friends. <laughs> That's right. He's the comic relief. Mm-hmm. So I think I think this is the first new thing that we see is Tara goes up to the top of this mountain. I say mountain. It's like a big, super tall plateau mm-hmm. uh, for a battlefield. And Xehanort is up here with Vanitas. Uh, he commends Tara on his journey over the, quote, unseen wall that divides darkness and light. Don't really know what that means. Not going to think about it too much. Yeah. Xehanort says that he did Ventus a favor freeing his inner darkness. He will never accept blame for this. No, no, <laughs> no, it's a good thing I did. I saved this kid. It's like when you get like a really painful massage, but you feel great later. He did get really strong. I massaged all the darkness out of his heart. It's like it's cupping or something. Yeah, uh, I bashed his heart with a key until all the darkness popped out. It's uh, 
<laughs> it's like extreme, extreme Reiki. Ah, I see you've got a lot of tension here. <laughs> All better. Just gotta work this out. <laughs> uh, so Tara fights them both at once. He's really strong. We love Tara. Uh, but at a at a point in the fight, Xehanort says, "Okay, that should be enough time." Venetus, go kill Aqua and take what Ventus owes you. Uh, and Xehanort blocks Terra from going to defend them. Uh, there's a little moment here that I feel like it, it should be so good, but falls pretty flat, where Terra says, uh, he's like, you leave my friends alone. Was my master, no, my father, Ericus, not enough for you? Yeah, we just haven't seen a lot of their relationship. Yeah, there's literally the only setup we have for this is... Before Terra leaves at the beginning, Erica says, uh, Terra, you are like a son to me. And then they're like, okay, cool, we've established that. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the kind of characterization you get in Disney movies as well, so it's uh, par for the course, really. <laughs> Dad's dying. Dad's dad's dead. Um, yeah, I feel like this moment would have been a lot stronger if we knew literally anything about their relationship before the events of this game. I mean, I have to assume that Terra is an orphan. Uh, or something, yeah. However, this works. Like you get dropped off as a child, and like on the steps in a little bassinet with a note. Oh, but he was, but he was already like seventeen, <laughs> just in a diaper and a with a with a. Never mind. That's terrible. <laughs> Hi, will you change me? Hi, I don't. I don't have optic into per- a Keyblade Master. I mean, what were you thinking about? I don't have optic per- permanence yet. <laughs> well, Tara's a long way away from that. Yeah, he's he's working on it. Um so yeah, it's it's fine. I we we just have like the the loosest outline of an arc there, but whatever. I I can imagine that that that's a big moment for him uh calling Ericus his father. Um I feel like when I played this as a kid, I think I was legitimately confused because I was like, "Wait, that was his dad?" What? They don't even look alike. <laughs> I feel like that was actually my reaction was like, oh, like it was sort of like he kept his son at arm's length when they were like training together. He was like, you are to call me master when we're at school or whatever. But no, no, that's, no. that's not what he meant. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. No. Uh, but Terra explodes with darkness again and he attacks Xehanort and they fight and... I love I I don't know if you will have watched any of the boss fights. I saw pretty much all the all these fights, yeah. Did you catch the very end when you deliver the final blow to Xehanort and he says, "Only now have I truly won." Yeah. It's really good. That is a hell of a line <laughs> for when you beat the boss. Yeah. That is <laughs> It's nice for them to let you know that you're going to lose in the cutscene before the cutscene even begins. And now to drink my victory wine. <laughs> uh, he, uh, you know, he doesn't even care if his body gets fucked up because, well... He fucking doesn't. Well, yeah, he's about, and to, he, he's about, to, he's about to show us why. Yeah, he falls to his knees, uh, horribly owned, but he's celebrating as a huge beam of light shines into the sky. I have to assume that that is the forging of the key blade. Has to be, um, yeah. We didn't see this from Ventus's perspective, did we? The well, yeah, because it's all internal to him at that point. 
Yeah, maybe this was the big bright light when Mickey got flung off the ground or whatever. Could be. Or was that Aqua? Uh, yeah, I think it was Aqua, but that could be. I've lost track of which one of them was ragdolling when. <laughs> yeah, Mickey ragdoll when he got sucked into the portal. That's right, that's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, Xehanort uh, reveals his true plan for Terra as he stabs himself with his keyblade and says that it is time for the final union to leave my weak, brittle old vessel. And now it is your darkness! It shall be the ark that sustains me! That's such a good line. And, oh yeah, this is where he says to to survive and see what awaits after the Keyblade War. And his heart flies into Terra's body, his body disintegrates in much the same way that Ericus's did, and all of Terra's armor falls off, and his hair turns silver... And a deep new voice says, This heart belongs again to darkness. And this isn't Tara's voice actor just doing a low voice, right? No, this is... Ooh, I don't want to get the name wrong. I think Richard Epcar. Okay. The same voice actor of Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, And you know that it's the same voice actor because he starts fucking monologuing (laughs) about the nature of darkness. Yeah, it's weird. Is it, like, is this personality different than regular Xehanort when he does this? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think that this is still uh, old man Xehanort's personality. It just sounds different coming out of a of a cool deep voice. Yeah, because I, I think that I mean not that not that Leonard Nimoy doesn't have a cool deep voice. Yeah, it was just a thing that I I I was always wondering if like does when he possesses somebody is, is he taking on aspects of that person or something because like you know the thing is like xehanort old man xehanort is like fucking loving it all the time and having a great time and yelling and laughing (laughs) and this guy now you would think he'd be yelling and laughing in his new cool hot body but he's just he's kind (laughs) of he's just he's pretty chill about it it is so nice to finally be ripped again i mean i still had the eight pack but no one wanted to see it (laughs) yeah i think um that is a good question. I don't think the game will ever really get into what it is for a person to use someone else's body as a vessel. Maybe there's a little bit of sort of residual personality that kind of melds together. But I think first and foremost, this man is just old man Xehanort in a new body. Okay. Um, I mean, mind, body, heart, soul, all that stuff's pretty confusing in these games, so... Yeah, it only gets more confusing in a second. Uh, but sure first, uh, we do see that he has yellow eyes now. Yep. Classic. Uh, and he, crucially, he summons Xehanort's Keyblade. And we know that Keyblades are very innately tied to the hearts, etc., etc. So that is that is our confirmation that the heart in charge of this body is absolutely Xehanort's. Um, is Terra's heart still in there, just totally dominated, or, or did it get kicked out? Uh, Terra's heart is still in the vessel. Okay. Uh, I I think part of what Xehanort was doing this game was sort of corrupting Terra's heart with darkness so that his own heart would be more, like, uh, attuned, I guess you could say, and able to overpower it. Right, so it's like what happened to Riku's heart, but okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that is actually very, very similar to what happened to Riku's heart. Um... And then suddenly the battlefield is surrounded by a dome of golden chains, 
and Terra's armor kneels in a familiar, iconic pose that says that you're about to get owned, and it stands up, and you were talking about the heart and the mind and yeah. the soul and all that. Sure thing. Uh, Terra's body, Xehanort, I don't, I don't know what to call it. People generally call this Terra Xehanort or Terra Nort, hmm. which sucks, but... Yeah. That's not great. <laughs> Uh, Xehanort says, your body submits, your heart succumbs, so why does your mind resist? It's such a wild concept to bring up this far into the series. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating because, like, we have been told that it is the sort of trifecta, the heart, the body, the soul. Mm -hmm. That is what they have told us. But then the armor is called the lingering will. And also, he calls it Terra's mind in this scene. So, like, are the mind, the will, and the soul all the same thing? Yeah, and because, like, you know, when you've got a nobody, that to me seems like the mind, right? Because it's... Unfortunately, there's no good answer to this. In To me, what this is, is that... A nobody to your question is the body and the soul, but not the heart. Right. That's right. Okay. That's why they have the same, like, personality and all that stuff, even even if they're just sort of faking it and acting. Um, I think that what's happening here is that Tara's body, heart, and soul are all still in one piece. But I think that when they say lingering will, I think that probably does mean... That some of Terra's soul stuck behind in the armor. Yeah. That's my guess. It's just like his determination to, to protect his friends and exactly. the armor. That's fine. I, I think that would make sense. And we do get a sort of a cathartic <laughs> moment for anyone who has fought this guy in Kingdom Hearts 2. As you get to play as the Lingering Will, and you, as just an empty suit of armor, do fight uh, Terra Xehanort, and you win, kind of. Yeah, I, I was a little confused. Like, you win, but nothing changes, I guess. Yep. Uh, it turns out that Terra's story is kind of bleak, but mm -hmm. we will come back to that very shortly. It's time for Xehanort Report 11! Oh, right. Uh, Xehanort talks about his decision to leave Ventus with old light boy Ericus, knowing that he will nurture the strength of Ventus's light uh, to make it even brighter and stronger and cooler and little boyer. Uh I do like that he was surprised. He's like, I really didn't think that Ericus would be so chill about me coming back, but he really didn't seem to care about what I did to his face. Yeah, I do like the idea of Xehanort, big weirdo, uh, being surprised when people are nice. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, you you feel bad for Ericus because you, you're really getting a sense that they've had, like, they've known each other for a long, long, long time. They've, you know, the number of times that they've said, like, we were like brothers, so you do get a sense that every time Xehanort comes back, Ericus is like, you cool again? <laughs> you gonna, don't blast me, man. I just, we can hang out. It's cool. Yeah, I, I feel bad because he's like, I don't want to like reject my brother and send him away and not trust him anymore. I want to believe that he's still my my close friend that I've known for a thousand or 50 years. Yeah, we just got in one little fight. That's all. Uh, but Xehanort very much is just dropping off a boy for Ericus to take to the gym for him. <laughs> right. uh, and he he describes his, his first meeting with uh, Terra and Aqua. So th we actually saw this scene from Terra's perspective, didn't we? This was when uh, they dropped off Ventus and yeah. he started screaming. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, we um, saw that. <laughs> and then Ericus yelled at Terra for no reason. Right. Because he's a dad, I guess. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he, he notes that Terra has a single-minded interest in power, which he calls a seedbed for darkness, and says, I have found my vessel. Fucked up. Not a nice man. No. And now that uh, now that all the PSP combat is over, we can start rendering Lingering Will's cape. <laughs> I did like how it, it, it yeah, his, his armor does a victory cape ejection. Yeah, it's like we no longer need to to render like real time cape physics, and the cape just flaps out of the back of the armor, and he takes his classic kneeling pose. Although you don't fight him on top of this mountain as Sora, so I do wonder when he like got knocked off the mountain <laughs> and just landed at the bottom and resumed kneeling. Well, there is a big explosion in like a second, so it could have been then. That's true. He looks like he's staying pretty steady there. But uh, yeah, there is a huge explosion. Presumably this is uh, the Keyblade, the Keyblade being destroyed. And yeah, this huge explosion of light completely swallows up the mountain. And Terra thinks about his friends. And we don't see what happens to Xehanort in Terra's body. Just vanishes in the explosion. And I love this last shot is really cool as like they've got the the light of the moon kingdom hearts shining down on the mountain and the clouds kind of close up around it and the light the beam of light gets like narrower and narrower as we got the armor like kneeling in the center. It's a cool shot. Yeah, it looked looked pretty great. And uh yeah, Terra's last line of the game is uh Aqua. Then one day I will set this right. And then we get credits. That made me feel sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's such a cool bleak ending. Yeah, this part's really good. I yeah, I this is I think this is my favorite game so far by far. Mm. That's that is a popular opinion. It it was my favorite for a long time. Kingdom Hearts 3 edged it out in the end, but yeah, Birth by Sleep is great. And yeah, I I really like the the tragedy that all three of the characters. I mean, we don't know what Aqua's is, but we know <laughs> we know it's not going to be good. Yeah, she's gonna get stabbed. Can't, can't possibly. She gets stabbed pretty hard by somebody at the end, if nothing else. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we know that in Kingdom Hearts two, Zemnis has her armor in a in a room, looking all busted up. Doesn't does not seem good. Yeah, no. This yeah. this this like terrorist. You know, it. These aren't complicated stories being told in this game, but I think they're done pretty well. And I think the other thing I was thinking about is that even though these like this, it's games limited because it's on a PSP. Mm-hmm. They are doing the things that I prefer they do with the Disney stories generally where it's its own little story that's for these characters to interact with and not really them just showing up in the middle of the story of whatever thing and watching it and going, wow, don't you love Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of them are just very, very, very heavily abridged versions of the original stories, but I think that what kind of necessitates them working a little better is that because each character like pops in and out at a different point in the story, they all have to kind of have their own place in it. Yeah. They can't just be watching because if they are, then it's nothing. Yeah. The fact that like you think of the Sleeping Beauty stuff, it's like Terra steals her heart and then Ventus gets it back. Like that's big. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, that ultimately means that effectively neither of them may as well have done anything. But the the story that it tells for the characters is meaningful for them 
even if they don't have a large impact on the narrative of the movie Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> right, which is fine. I, I think, yeah, it just it just shows like a, maybe a little more creativity too than just being like, well, we don't want to, we can't change the plot of the thing, so they just won't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think you know, I think prequels can be tricky to pull off, mm-hmm. but I kind of like the fact that because these are prequels and a lot of the stories that they will later tell in kingdom hearts one or that we can assume they will tell later in their own chronology are not going to be resolved. I like that. We've sort of get just a little, a little snapshot, a little slice, a very small chunk of their stories. And some of them are just original, like the Peter Pan story is not really in any way part of the movie, Peter Pan, but like, yeah, the fact that, All three of them, I mean, the two that we've seen so far, I guess I should say, arrive at the specific moment in Sleeping Beauty where she is asleep and the fairies have put everyone else to sleep as well. And by the time they leave, that's still the state of the story. I think I think that's cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. You, you, You get a cool sense of them just like almost as like kind of tourists. They just sort of. They just very briefly cross paths with this story and then they're on their way. It's it's a it's kind of a cool effect. Yeah. I don't think they're all good. I mean, I, I've I've said before, I think it was was it Deep Space with Ventus where I was like, Jesus, that was absolutely nothing. Terra in uh, the Olympus Coliseum was barely anything at all. But yeah. when it works, it works. Yeah, I think it's a higher percentage better than some of the previous games as a feeling. I guess I haven't cataloged it. Certainly better than Kingdom Hearts 2. Yes. I think a lot of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts 1 probably are better than some of these, but... I think that's fair. Um, but, yeah. yeah I, guess um, the, I, mean, I guess in the case of Cinderella, actually, it feels like you maybe made a big change, which is no one's going to give a shit about the lost slipper at the ball because the ball got interrupted by a giant monster fight. Yeah, also, no one's going to give a shit about the glass slipper at the ball because nobody was there. <laughs> it's true. All, all five people were very affected, though. <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see with Aqua what her what her role is because a lot not all of them. I think there are one or two that she arrives at first, but I think most of them she's the last one there because she left after the others. Uh so in a lot of cases we're going to kind of get the conclusions of all of these stories in as much as they have conclusions. Uh So that'll be interesting. I'm still dying to know what she saw in Castle of Dreams that made her think that Terra was being evil there. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Maleficent put a note on Sleeping on Sleeping Beauty's chest that says, "I did this, Terra." <laughs> that's that's Enchanted Dominion. I meant uh, ah, Cinderella. Dang it! Yeah, in Cinder, she's gonna like talk to the fairy godmother, and she's gonna be like, "Oh, there was a boy named Terra who gave a very weird motivational speech to Cinderella here." Disgusting. <laughs> Tara, I've seen the things you're doing, and you are not a good motivational speaker. You really need to be considering a different career, Tara. The master wouldn't like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I. anyway, just going back to Tara's story, I I really like that he he realizes that he's been manipulated way too late, only after something irreversibly bad has happened, and by the time he knows that Xehanort has manipulated him it's 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 too late for him to do anything other than attack him you know mm-hmm. 
I I think even even as he's charging into battle, he probably knows that he's making a huge mistake, and only once his fucking body has been stolen from him as a new vessel for Xehanort, does he really stop and think, man, I really blew it, huh? Yeah, although it's like, you know, maybe if he didn't fight, Xehanort would have just killed Terra or Ventus and Aqua, and, you know, yeah. at least maybe he might have, he might have stopped that for all he knows. Yeah, he he really had no choice, yep. and I think I think it's I think it's cool for his character that the last line that he has is "I'm going to set this right." Yeah, yeah, it's very complete. But Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep is not complete. We've got a whole third character to talk about next time who we have not met. Kind of mostly, we're gonna get some some cool revelations. The Cinderella mystery of what the hell Terra did that was so bad. Can't wait. Cinderella's just going to be like, he had terrible breath. Aqua's like, that that son of a bitch. Brushing your teeth. He's changed. Is, brushing your teeth is, a, is vital to preserving the light. <laughs> uh, we're going to learn what Ericus told her that was so important. He said Aqua is entitled to certain knowledge. What's that knowledge? Yeah, what what is it? Is it? We are now entitled to it next week. She has the password to the break worm. <laughs> You are now allowed to use the Wi-Fi. <gasps> oh, my d- no more data limits. Oh, believe me, Kingdom Hearts is going to be limitless data as we move forward. Oh, boy. Once we get to coded. <laughs> you know, I know I should reserve judgment um, on that stuff, but it just, I, I, I think it's going to be bad. I would say it's probably the number one thing that I wish they hadn't done. That, okay, well, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, next time, we're going to be talking once again about Land of Departure, and I think, once again, we should be good to knock out all those first three Disney worlds. Yeah. And <sighs> maybe Radiant Garden? I'm undecided. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll do some of that. Yeah, I think, I think we got four more episodes of Birth by Sleep. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to all of them, except for the one where she goes to deep space. It'll be gone too soon. <laughs> We're going to finally learn the origin story of Stitch saying Akua. Maybe it's the best part. You don't know. I, I guess it might be. Uh, anything else? No. Uh, this is Wish Us Duck. Oh, fuck. Um, we got a lot to choose from this week. Yeah, I need to hydrate. Wait, what's the thing it says to do to Peter Pan? Maybe we should say that. <laughs> Put Peter Pan in this place. Yeah, maybe we should say that. Yeah. Ooh, that might be a, a challenge of consonants, but I'm ready to give it a go. Yeah, this, that, that could be pretty hard. <clears throat> Ooh, hold on. I can do better than that. Come on. Come on. Well, no, pretty good. Better than I'm going to do. Let's see. <laughs> See, I was doing it where Donald Duck says that as he's being run over by a steamroller. <laughs> Isn't that how he always do it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it just, if you thought it didn't sound right, just understand he's being run over by a steamroller. He's being run over by a steamroller while underwater and uh, chewing gum. 
And and he's got emphysema now. Poor Donald. Poor Donald. <laughs> we re- we've really given him a tough time in this segment. <laughs> we, but it's all canon. Yeah, he can't oh, be well. set free until we do it perfectly. <laughs> if there's ever a week when we get one that is just note perfect, we will stop forever. I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, we are on Twitter at Sounds About Light. We're on co-host at Sounds About Light. I have enabled asks on the co-host, so if you have any questions, if you feel like you don't get Kingdom Hearts, send them in. Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to make sense of it and get the classic make sense. Yeah, ask them there. Ask them on Discord. Um, send me a letter. Find me where I live. Whatever. I'll answer a question. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone's at the door. Oh. Oh, shit, it's Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it would be someone with a question, but it was actually Peter Pan here for revenge. Your rooster sound sounds like the sound that would be made on, like, a Game Boy game or something. <laughs> it's being run over by a steamroller. Huh? It's being run over by a steamroller. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm on co-host at Positive Stress, and you can listen to my other podcast, Dr. Huh, which, uh, for oopsie reasons, is not currently doing episode, but we should have one again in a couple weeks, I think. Okay. Jordan got sick, and then I'm going to get sick because Jordan is going to be here this weekend when we would normally record, and I absolutely do not have a recording space for two humans. Hmm. Just build. Imagine how, imagine how cramped you've assumed that I was uh-huh. on all of these recordings, yeah. and then make it about five times as cramped, and then put two of you in there. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you're going to be sick. Yeah, but we'll we'll be we'll be back soon. Yeah. Um, y- you can find me at Achilles Heels on co-host, and I think there is a new F plus coming out. Well. It was recorded last September, but Lemon says it'll be out soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're hosted on noisepace.xyz, where I've I've mentioned I mentioned last time, I didn't even have official confirmation, but yes, Zero to Zero is back. They are watching Mystery Men. They're liking it more than I thought they would. I didn't I wasn't trying to punish them, but I'm I guess I'm glad that I didn't. They're they're enjoying Mystery Men, and they've got official new host Joe. Yeah, it was a fun episode. Um, yeah. I feel like they might find that film is a little uneven, but I bet they'll still have a good time. <laughs> Great first act, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's fun uh, listening to a podcast that I used to be on, because whenever I listen to any podcast, you know, I'm I'm eating salad and I'm smiling and laughing with the hosts. Right. But I'm also making my own jokes out loud, uh, except now I'm doing it with a podcast that I used to be on. So it's like I have missed the memo that I'm not on it anymore. <laughs> That's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> no, I'm making, I'm, we, I listen with Lauren. I'm making the jokes out loud for our, for our mutual enjoyment. Oh, but, but, but she loves that. Um, well, maybe she does. Okay. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean anything by it. I, I didn't think you did. Oh, man. Sam's only going to have one podcast left. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's a new fear baiting about I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh. That sounds fun. I've heard of it. I've seen it. 
Is it good? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen to fear baiting. <laughs> so fear baiting. I think I think I've got it on good authority that, uh, and by good authority, I mean Sarah said so. That uh, special grade snacks will be back soon about Jujutsu Kaisen because I think season two is out now. Wahoo! Oh, I need to catch up on that. Uh, the podcast. Yeah, I need to finally show. get around to episode three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I made it to four. I like it. Yeah. I just have brain problems. Yeah, same. All right. Yep, that's it. And like we say at the end of every episode, twice in two different voices. <laughs> Game ride. Game ride. <laughs> Great. Bye. Bye. In your hand, take this key. So long as you have the makings, then through this simple act of taking, its wielder you shall one day be, and you will find me, friend. No ocean will contain you then. No more borders around, or below, or above. So long as you champion the ones you love. Riku! Come on, hurry it up! You gotta keep this a secret, okay? Otherwise, all the magic will wear off. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>